We here at Sports Best Friends acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the traditional custodians of the land, water and sky throughout Australia on which we record. We recognise their strength, diversity, resilience and deep connection to country. We pay our respects to Elders of the past, present and future as they hold the memories, knowledge and spirit of Australia. and welcome to the Big Cat Chat, a podcast all about the Penrith Panthers. My name is Jack Martin and I'm joined by my co-host Nat Sinclair. How are you, Nat? I'm wonderful yet again. (laughs) How are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Uh, Not too many reasons to complain when you're four from four, huh? Yeah, exactly right. It's just, you know, doesn't look like it's snowing anytime soon and it's a great time to be a Panther fan. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, uh, I mean, you know, the Bulldogs aren't the greatest team, but hopefully we don't take them too lightly and we make it five from five. Big time, and I hope there's a bit of a score this week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Into your way with the Premiership! Uh, so there wasn't too much news to come out of Pantherland this week, really, other than the announcement regarding the stadium and the fact that they will be, well, they're conducting a survey of the fans to see what they want to come out of the stadium. Uh, what do you make of that? Have you looked at the survey at all? Are you going to fill it out? No, I haven't. I haven't looked at the survey yet, but I probably will fill it out eventually. Um, you know, I can't say I'm too far. Like, I love the stadium as it is at the moment. So, um, and I understand, you know, it's going to be great having a new one. Um, but I wouldn't really want anything that is too far away from that. You know, we love like the bank, the Combank kind of stadium as well. But I would also probably like a hill maybe left there as well, if that's possible, um, just because it would feel more like it's our home um, and more like it's Penrith. I think if we just plonked like Combank in Penrith, it would feel a bit strange. Um, but again, like it's not going to, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Um, what are your thoughts in respect to it? Yeah, I, I agree in the fact that I think Combank is like amazing, but I don't really get this idea that they should just copy and paste Combank and put it like one just about everywhere because like it it's like it's meant to be just our ground. And I'd say probably the only issue with Combank is that it appeals to like it's mm-hmm. meant to appeal to many different sports teams. So there's no sort of real like individual character to it. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you can tell with our stadium at the moment that it is for the Panthers. And yeah. I'd like them to sort of keep it like that in some way if they can. Keep having it, some, give it some personality um, yeah. almost. Yeah, because like either way, it's going to be nice, I'm sure. Um, but yeah. yeah, as long as they can, you know, like have just panthers everywhere in there, then I'll be sweet. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm no expert. I just love the game. But more than that, I love the community. If you're a fan of rugby league or the NRL, you'll love Big T's Tees. Unique, affordable and made for fans. Find a link to the online store in the show notes below. You'd look good in one of Big T's Tees. Okay, so on Friday night, the Penrith Panthers had their grand final rematch against the South Sydney Rabbitohs. And it was a pretty emphatic win for us, I'd say, 26 to 12. Uh, what did you make of it? It was awesome. It was probably my favourite game of the season, I'd say. Um, at the beginning, I thought, oh, my God, we're going to run away with this. It's crazy. Um, because I think we scored that two tries in the probably opening 10 minutes. Um, but then they scored one shortly after. And I thought, oh, please don't be like a Paratitans kind of game where it's just, you know, um, everyone scores 30 points because we pride ourselves on our defence. I really didn't want that to kind of get lost. And when Campbell Graham scored that try to begin the game, um, it wasn't, that was a soft try and it wasn't really one that I think that we um, would be proud that we let in. So I was a little bit concerned at that point. Um, and then, yeah, South did really finish that half well. Like they had no right really to be in it like they were. It also didn't help that Nate missed all his kicks in the first half as well. So the score of 12-6 was really flattering to South. 
where it should have been 18-6. But then, yeah, we really just came out in the second half and just tied them out. Um, They were really up for it and they didn't play badly by any means, but we just did what we did best and every single player just did their job like they always do. Um, And it just came easily almost, you know. Um, I think I tweeted on the night that it's like they share a brain sometimes. It's quite crazy how cohesive they are. Um, And that just comes from everyone going and doing their part. Um, And, yeah, it was just, it was awesome. It was such a good game, one we needed to win. Um, And we don't really have too many tricky games coming up up until Parramatta in round nine. So it's kind of a bit of a stumbling block against South and we passed with flying colours. Yeah, I 100% agree. Like, that was probably our toughest game that we're going to have for a little while, probably, yeah, for the next five or so weeks until <laughs> we come up against Parramatta. Um, yeah, it was one where we looked quite comfortable in terms of how we were playing with our performance, but maybe the scoreboard didn't quite reflect that. And I think that's just a general pattern of how the NRL is this year. But yeah, like it could have been, it could have looked a lot more comfortable if um, Nathan brought his kicking boots. Um, but that's okay. Like as long as we were scoring tries. And I think you're right about it's almost like a telepathic like connection with these yeah. players. Like, and I think it shows how important it is to sometimes bring up a combination together if they're taking the step up to an RL level. And it's like that edge with Tago and May because they played a lot of junior footy together. I think that helps so much. And then you see, yeah, um, yeah, like the Cleary-Luai combination. It felt like, like Cleary hadn't missed any games at all. And it was so interesting the way that he didn't actually have the greatest game. He was solid mm-hmm. and he did his job, but we didn't rely solely on him. And a player like Luai had a massive game which is something that sometimes he can sort of fall into Cleary's shadow, but he knew that he had to step up and he did it excellently, I thought. Yeah. I think Nathan made some attacking decisions which were a bit uncharacteristic. Um, A lot of the time he would maybe like run the ball when he shouldn't have. Um, And, you know, it was almost like maybe it was a bit of a nervous kind of thing, like wanting to make that play on his return game, but he just needed to sit back and, and, relied his kicking game which he did so well for the rest of the game so hopefully that'll kind of um that rust will wear off soon um but yeah apart from that you know it was a it was a pretty excellent game and I think it just really does show that players like Luai are stepping up now where they weren't last year last year I don't think we relied on Nathan like we could win without him and we did towards the end of the game but Luai would take a back seat in those games he wasn't you know taking control like he should and he's really learned from that this year and I've been super impressed with him to start the start the season with or without Nathan yeah I almost think the lack of Burton has actually helped Luai a little bit oh god yeah yeah in that like they both sort of I think their best attributes for the two of them is that they are like gifted athletes whereas like Nathan and Sean O'Sullivan both obviously are but their greatest strengths are their footy smarts and their organizational skills and their kicking rather than them being like these extremely strong runners or like sprinters or steppers or anything. And so I think that it's actually helped Luai sort of step up and use his ability rather than trying to basically be Nathan, which he just isn't. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly right. And I think we've, um, I remember as well, I think we've burdened, because he was a half and he had the rats name for being that that half. I remember like um, one of the second or third game Matt Burton ever played was against um, Newcastle in 2020, I think it was, yeah. um, when Nathan was suspended for TikToking. Um, yeah. And it was, I think we'll never forget when he went to Golden Point and it was the field goal off. And Luai just diverted to poor old Matt the whole game and was just like, you do it, you do it when really as the most senior player, he should have taken some of those shots and kind of not just pull out pressure on him. And we saw what happened. It was abysmal, those attempts. So I really like to see that he he has grown from that because it was relying on that way too much last year. And I think him not being there um, as a fullback has kind of forced him to kind of shine a little bit more. 
Yeah, I've always wondered about that with Luai. Like, I actually cannot remember him ever attempting a field goal. No, I don't think he has. But at that time, so had Matt. So I yeah. feel like it was just a lot of pressure for someone who's in their second game. Um, if we should have known that Dylan Edwards could shoot them at that time. Like yeah, exactly. Just passed it out back to him. Yeah. God, so much of a missed opportunity. We could have been undefeated that season. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, I guess if you have the two clutch kings in Nathan and Dylan when you're a full-strength team, then, mm. you know, you're sweet. I know. Can't get better than that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> My mum actually called me after the game and she said <laughs> to me, she's like, I can't wait to hear Nat talk about Dylan Edwards later. <laughs> Oh, uh, as if we thought it could get any better than round one. I know. <laughs> and he somehow did it. Oh, I can't wait to get into that. <laughs> yeah. Well, why don't we jump straight into that with our three, two, ones. Well. Yep. yep. Uh, Nat, did you want to tell me who you gave one point to? Yeah, I gave one point to Charlie Saints, um, which, yeah, is something I didn't know if I'd be saying this year at all. But <laughs> Charlie had by far his best game and he's been slowly building to that this year. Um, he made a number of excellent cover tackles, which were pretty much try savers in this game, which just kind of went unnoticed. Um, and I think that his commitment to that just shows how far he's come since last year. Um, this time last year, he was shying away from the big plays. He was kind of just sitting on his wing, just waiting for something to come to him. Whereas now he's really injecting himself into the game, especially in defense. Um, and yeah, I thought I was really impressed with him in that respect. Um, and then with the ball as well, he was really impressive. So I don't know if it's a pity one point, but I actually thought he was great. So I'm going to give him a one point. Yeah, he was someone who I definitely considered to give points yeah. to because he is his improvement this year has been fantastic. And mm. I, I'm adamant that I reckon that it's because he's seen how good Taylor May is. Totally. And... It's like, like, I don't think he was never not trying or anything, but I think sometimes he was just a bit shy from like embracing the contact and that, because that is not a strength of his and it's what you need in a modern winger. And I think that he's seen just how natural Taylor has fit into the team. And it's sort of been a bit of a, a bit of a wake up call call. for him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And so I might've been potentially like, maybe like the fact that they got rid of Josh Mensah effectively for him. He may have been coasting a little bit, yeah. I think maybe towards the beginning of last year. And now it's like, hang on a second. If it's not you, it's going to be somebody else. Um, so my last year was Momorowski, was it? On the wing with him? Yeah, well, Momorowski. Yeah. Yeah. When we, we made Momorowski a permanent quite center, center, the wing. Shifted quite yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and then this year it's like, you know, he started the year. And it's like, mm, no, we've got Taylor May here and he's just a very naturally gifted player who doesn't really have to probably try as hard as Charlie might. Um, so a bit of that healthy competition definitely brought out the best in Charlie. Yeah, that's that's the word I was looking for, healthy competition. Yeah, I think it serves as just a little bit of a motivator. And I actually have some sad Charlie Staines news. This is the last podcast that will come out where I live in the same building as him. Has, is he moving or are you moving? I'm moving just across the road. Oh. But oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm moving in with Victoria. So oh, I will nice. be. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. Um, mm. I just, I'll try and convince Charlie to move across the road as well. I know. I feel like a part of you is missing now. I know. I'm, <laughs> I've, I've lost a massive piece of my personality. Like, how am I going to introduce myself <laughs> to people now? It's a personality trait. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So on to slightly happier things. Uh, my one point, I decided to go with Taylor May. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just, he's fit this team like a glove, hasn't he? Like, yeah, it's amazing. I think there were some games last year where we were missing Toto. Like the, um, in the finals last year, I remember thinking that if Toto wasn't going to play against Melbourne, I didn't think we'd have a chance of beating them in that prelim. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think that was like a genuine concern just based on the work he does for our team. But now like we can be without the best winger in the world and we're sweet. Yeah. And that's such an incredible thing. Like I know wingers aren't the like most important position in the team, but when wingers are constantly picking up points for your team in things like this, where you award based on performance, 
it shows that they must have been performing amazingly. And like Talon, he's not just getting points because he's scoring tries, because that's like just such a minimal part of what he's been doing. He is yeah. just like a mini Brian, basically. Yeah, he is. Yeah, and like, you know, we knew that there was eventually going to be a good May and we finally got him. <laughs> we finally got him in spades. Yeah. Um, well, he he was my two points. Ah, um, there we so go. I'll, yeah, so just like, yeah, the way, like that try he scored where he kind of ran straight and then ducked underneath, I was like, wow, like how did you do that? <laughs> you know? Like how, like it was just very naturally gifted um, and it seems almost effortless. But then he is putting in a lot of effort as well, which just makes it doubly as good. And his combination with Targo as well is just like that Crichton and Viza kind of time mark two, which is like crazy. And I guess this is also the benefit of having our team grow up together is that you've got those combinations that they kind of, they are like almost telepathic with each other. And I think I was talking to somebody about the Bulldogs this week and the fact that they've kind of gotten all these random players together who are pretty talented in their own right and shove them together, it's going to take them a while, a lot more than just one off season to kind of connect with each other. And the massive benefit we have is that we can put someone in for their first or second first grade game. And they've already got that connection because they've played together in the, in the past. So that's really paying off in dividends at the moment with May and Targo. Um, and yeah, May has just been, I mean, we were so vocal to, to having, seeing him have a shot in this team and he has just even exceeded our expectations, I would say, since he's been in it. So it's just awesome. Yeah. I think that try, like it was almost instinctive. Like he didn't yeah. even have to think about what he was doing. He just like, just like yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. beautiful. And it was. it was interesting to hear him talking to, um, I wasn't watching on Channel 9 because I was at the game, but I saw a clip yeah. after of Joey and the Sheds interviewing them. And yeah. I always thought it was interesting that he was listed on the Panthers' website and on Zero Tackle as a centre because I was like, he's really mm-hmm. not a centre. But mm-hmm. he was saying that he started off as a hooker, then moved to centre, oh. and then eventually the wing. And so maybe he's got, yeah, like a bit more in his game than what we think because we sort of look at yeah, him. Yeah, he starts think, like, a hooker for sure. Yeah, like... Like he, we just look at him and think like, oh, he's a pure winger. Like Out looking winger. at his yeah. body shape. Yeah. Yeah. And so maybe there's even more to him than we realise. And I think that's very exciting, which I mean, like yeah. when you think about it, like his older brother, like is a half. So they've probably like grown up, like throwing a footy around in a certain way and everything that he's probably got yeah. some pretty decent ball skills. And yeah. I think you're right about like cohesion and how much mm. of an important role that plays. Like, I think that honestly, that must cover like at least 20% of what makes a team good. Because when you think yeah. about like NRL players and the difference in quality between players, it's honestly not that much like yeah. between like a really good winger and a really bad winger because like they're all good players. And I think something like that, it just gives you such a big advantage as compared to a team. Yeah. Like the Bulldogs at the moment. Yeah. And so I think you're right about like that helps so much. Yeah. We're very lucky. Yeah. hundred <laughs> um, so percent. I went with Jerome Luai. Nice. Yeah. I thought he, this was a game where he really got an opportunity to shine with the ball. Yeah, and be his grubby best. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I think South seemed to be one of those teams that really, um, they, our players take it personally. Totally. Think, yeah, and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. And I think it's made for it to be a much more entertaining fixture. Um, totally. Yeah. And like, you saw, like, what was it, like, two minutes into the game or whatever? Luai makes that break yeah. down the edge and then gives it to um, Isaac Tago to score, which is like, mm-hmm. he's never going to score an easier try. And it was all because yeah. of the work that Romy did. And yeah, I think we pretty much saw that sort of play from him the entire game. And he just had a field day against that defensive edge of, what is it, Ilias and Campbell Graham. Because I think Campbell yeah. Graham, one weakness in his game is probably his reads in defence. And I think that's what we did target in the grand final with the Matt Burton try. 
And then yep. when you've got a young bloke like Ilias out there who he's going to be a good player one day, but he's probably not quite there yet. And yep. it was just sort of built for Luai to take advantage of. Yeah. And yeah, I, it speaks to what we were saying earlier about, you know, him standing up when perhaps a year ago or two years ago, he might not have. And so I thought that was mm-hmm. another really good sign that like we're literally the defending premiers and we're still building and we're still getting better. Yeah. And I don't think there's many more exciting things than that. I know. It's honestly just, yeah. you know, like, and I think it has surprised me this year that we are getting better because it's like how, <laughs> you yeah. know, um, we're, how we're playing now is arguably as good as we've played at all in the last couple of seasons. So it's just crazy to think that there's another level in there somewhere. Yeah, like the scoreboard hasn't exactly been reflecting it in regards to blowouts, but yeah, I think that's more down to the the, the rule like how even the competition is. Yeah, regarding totally. the rules, yeah. and so I think that makes it even more incredible just how well Penrith are doing and the fact that we are four from four. Yep, and especially so, when yeah. there's a lot of comments maybe about how oh, the rule changes assisted us in that. Two, two years of domination in the grand finals and the premiership and stuff. Yeah. And I think we all knew that wasn't the case at all because there was so much more than that. But the fact that they've changed and we haven't missed a beat, unlike some other teams, is um, honestly so satisfying. <laughs> no one can say anything. Yeah, it shows they can just make the rules whatever they want as long as it's a game we'll of rugby league. Them. Yeah, our boys yeah. will show up and they'll exactly. pretty much dominate. Exactly. Yeah, oh, they're really helping us be some arrogant Panthers. Oh, it's heaven. <laughs> two is a great place. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, who did you give? Yeah, who'd you give three points to? Oh, it was so hard. Um, <laughs> Dylan, Dylan Edwards, what the hell? Like, what the hell? Um, he was insane. Um, yeah, he was just, we thought after the round one game, that he played so insanely and it was like the most amazing feeling that everyone was finally seeing what we've seen for such a long time. Like I thought that's probably like the, the standard for the rest of the year. And then he's risen it on Friday. He was brilliant. And it was from the very beginning. Like it was like he was in a mood where he just wanted to do things and be involved in everything. Um, I don't know where you start. So you start with the the meter, the kick returns, you know, never ever have to worry about him dropping a ball. And some of those kicks were tricky, like they were contentious and he would just swan on up and catch it with like five people around him and just come to the ground and run forward as if like he's so unperturbed by it, so unfazed by it. Um, so that's what we're really used to seeing from him. But his defensive efforts in that game were brilliant. They had, you know, again, like Staines, amazing cover tackles. There was that brilliant tackle from him and Crichton in which they chucked out I can't remember who it was the South Wing on the sideline and that would have been a clear try there and then you've got the end with what five minutes to go the Scott Sattler-esque kind of bringing him out um, onto the sideline um, and after chasing him down and a lot of people somehow people on Twitter still like to say you know shit about him um, and a lot of people were like oh that's just a fullback's job it might be but we don't see that from pretty much any other fullback in the game consistently week after week so if Dylan's best quality is that he's doing his job so be it because it isn't the same as the other fullbacks that you see um, and again it just proved how lucky we are to have him um, and yeah his effort plays are just insane you know I saw some I saw a tweet and say um, that said find somebody that will commit to your relationship the way Dylan Edwards commits to his team. <laughs> and it's so bang on. Like he is just a workhorse every week and he puts us in this amazing position every set to be able to see us over the 50-meter line on the second or third tackle every set and put us in this brilliant attacking kind of zone. So, yeah, it's um, it was amazing. And I hope we keep seeing it from him because he's just making a massive statement this year. He can't be ignored anymore. Um, and it's, again, so satisfying. Yeah, well, I think it's no surprise to hear that I also went Dylan Edwards for three points because you're right. He was just so amazing. And it's so nice to see him getting recognition from people who aren't Penrith fans as well. 
about how amazing he's been. Like speaking of social media, I, I was looking on Instagram where the NRL put up the video of him doing the Scott Sattler-esque tackle on mm. Alex Johnson. And the comments were just filled with people who were saying that he should be the Blues fullback. Mm. And I was like... Look, it's I amazing. Don't... The Instagram comments are the best. They're better than Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> they like, love I, him over there. <laughs> like, I don't necessarily think that should happen. Yeah, but yeah. I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't complain. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah I wouldn't I'd, complain I'd, about it. I'd be very happy mm. with it. Um, it would probably yeah. hurt our chances a little bit around yeah, the more. origin period. Yeah. But, like... I'm just looking at some of his stats from the game. 289 metres from 26 runs, 93 post-contact metres, two tackle breaks. Like, people can say that that's a fullback's job, but at least he's doing his job. Like, we're seeing a few fullbacks this year not doing their job if that's what a fullback's job is. And, you know, you look at, like, some of the other fullbacks who are maybe a bit flashier or whatever, they're not doing this work and they're not playing for the team that's just won the comp and is improving even more. Like if anything, a lot of them are going backwards either personally or their team is going backwards. Yeah. And it's so like amazing to see, like, like you said about, he didn't like, you don't think he's going to drop anything now because like the crowd still gets like a, we have a massive cheer for Dylan every time he catches a bomb or a tricky kick because mm. we remember back when he was just dropping everything. And yeah, it's so amazing to see like the improvement in him. And I don't think you'll find any Penrith fan out there who isn't insanely happy with how well Dylan Edwards is playing at the moment. Well, like over on Instagram, I was seeing some comments um, about him from neutrals and stuff um and yeah it's quite crazy to see how much he's really commanding the attention at the moment and then I also um there was a post that Denon did on the bloke in the bar account um and it kind of just went through our outside backs and how they're doing a lot of the grunt work at the moment which is leaving room for our forwards to save their energy for um really big defensive efforts um and they were just talking about how Dylan Edwards is leading that charge um, and that he's, in their opinion, the best bang for buck player in the competition. And I couldn't agree more. If you look at how much he would be on, it would have to be between four and five, I would say. Um, and then you see Turbo and um, Tedesco on a million dollars. There is no way they are the double the player that Dylan is right now. There's no chance on God's earth. So you're looking for value for money. We are so lucky. It's an absolute steal having Dylan because he is perfect for our team and he does so much work for that money that he's on. Um, And it probably all comes from the fact that Ivan was really patient with him and it's paid dividends. So, you know, uh, it's just awesome. It's so good. I'm so happy for him and I'm so happy for the team that he's doing that. Yeah, like what was that? That was a really funny one that I saw, like an, a comment that you screenshotted and put on your Instagram story. Oh my god, um, let me find it. <laughs> okay, yeah, because it was. Really, I remember looking at it. and I was like, yeah, that's pretty good. Like, I wish I'd thought of it. It was so. I'm like, I don't know how someone is that funny to just think of stuff like that <laughs> on their in their heads. I just um, hang on, I'll pull it up. Yeah, I know every time I think of something funny about a footy player, mm-hmm. it's like a bit more nasty. And I'm like, I wish I could I be positive with it. <laughs> it's like everyone's going to hate me for that. Yeah. Um, he said, at halftime, I shot off to the toilet and sitting there on my toilet was Dylan Edwards. The man was everywhere. And just that <laughs> image was so funny. And it was so true. Like, he was just everywhere. He was in a mood. Um, and, yeah, he was so good. Yeah, like a lot of the narrative this year around Souths has been like, oh, if only they had Adam Reynolds. But Adam Reynolds wouldn't mm. help them on Friday night because players no. like Dylan Edwards made that impossible. You could have any halfback kicking downfield and it yeah. was going to hit Dylan Edwards on that chest of his every single time. And yeah. he was going to make like, you know, at least 20 metres on his kick return every time. And Yeah, and I, yeah. Yeah, it's so, so incredible that like, I think the one thing that we've been missing pretty much since Moylan sort of went to a bit to crap with his career 
is mm. a top class fullback and we mm-hmm. have one and it's a different kind of fullback to what we're used to but you know I wouldn't change I would I would not replace him with any other fullback no me either um I think there was a few comparisons to Latrell given Latrell was the fullback for Souths um on Friday and it really does come down to effort plays and um, I think Latrell is a fantastic centre and I think the Souths are better for when Blake Tarp is at fullback and he's at centre and he's able to like play a more natural game. But he didn't really seem to want a bar of it at fullback. And then in comparison to someone with like Dylan who probably has less than half the natural talent of Latrell, he just, he doesn't, he has to work for everything. Whereas Latrell is just insanely talented. He can make something out of nothing, you know, by looking sideways. And it kind of further highlighted how great he is because he doesn't have, it doesn't come easy for him, but he's worked so hard to be the fittest player at Penrith and to just work so hard every week, week in, week out, do his job for the team. And he's finally paying the dividends now where people are noticing. Yeah. And you look at like, say like his triasis for Crichton as well. And it's like, mm. he's got a bit of that end product now too, that you see in yeah, fullbacks like Latrell. And yeah. Like, I think like I've always been a big, like, very stubborn in this argument. And I've always said, like, no, no, Latrell should play fullback, blah, blah, blah. But I think it's gotten to the point where maybe he needs to move into the back line and have play. Because, I mean... I think so. Yeah. I mean, like, their centres aren't that strong either. So... Yeah, no, I think he does. I think he just didn't seem too interested in the fullback role um, on Friday. He was diverting a lot to Alex Johnson to do a bit of that fullback role. So that was in itself kind of taking Latrell out of the game a little bit. Um, and I think that centers where he needs to be, like he is in origin, to kind of just go wild. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So this is pretty much, once again, our Dylan Edwards love podcast. But, you know, if he keeps playing like <laughs> that, we're not going to change. Oh, it's worth it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Peter Volandis came out yesterday and started talking some absolute gibberish about wanting to change the game pretty much back to how it was in 2020 and 2021. Um, I have the actual quote from him right here. We're not going to tolerate the wrestle or slowing down the rock. I've been monitoring this for the last couple of weeks and the wrestle is starting to creep back in and the ruck is slowing down. The brilliant players like Trebojevic and Tedesco aren't the same players as they were last year because the balance has gone too far. We're going to tell the referees that the policy of the commission is that we will not tolerate the wrestle or slowing down the ruck. I always said I would act for the fans and I have been inundated by people saying the good work we have done is evaporating. I have one question for you based on this, Nat. Do you think him wanting to change the rules back is acting for the fans? And do you think the people saying that the good work that they've done is evaporating have any idea what they're talking about? I don't think those people exist. I don't think those people <laughs> exist. I don't like, or maybe they're, maybe it's personally Tom Tavovich and James Vasco. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the two of them. Maybe they're people. Um, it's not the right thing for the fans, it's not the right thing for the game. We've spent the past two years watching blowouts every single week and watching teams absolutely hammer those underneath them through this changed game. And while I don't mind the concept of a six again, I think it's got its place. I think the way they've got it now is the right balance in that you're not intentionally giving them away in the first 20 metres anymore. You're getting the penalties then. So that's kind of taking away a big impact that it was having last year and it's been so good for the game. For me, what blows my mind is it's not like we're having a game at the moment where nobody's shining look at Pappenhausen look at look at Edwards like look at these players who are still doing like Nico Hines over at Cronulla there are players absolutely playing out of their skin right now and we're getting to watch them play so well just because it's not Javorovic and Tedesco like it has been for the first last couple of years like who cares? The other players aren't struggling with it. If it if it means they need to change the game to adapt to the new rules, so be it. And if you look at someone like, like both of their teams haven't been 
the Roosters and Manly have been struggling a tiny bit this year. Like they've come good over the weekend, but you know, it's not like they've been surrounded by players playing amazingly and they've just been like in a shell because of these rules, like the rule changing back. They're just not shining right now and that's fine. And they'll come around to that. So just using those examples to me was mind blowing. Um, I don't believe that there's a wrestle in the game at the moment at all. I believe we're just seeing footy that we saw before the Volandis administration came in. And you might, they might think that it's entertaining to see 50-point games with 10 tries scored every week. It's not entertaining because it's not that much of an achievement when it's like not an authentic game that's allowing you to get there. I would rather watch an arm wrestle. I would rather watch a 6-4 game that's high quality, not like a 6-4 Tigers-Titans game, obviously, but like a 6-4 high-quality arm wrestle of a game kind of what we were seeing in that Newcastle game before Mitch Barnett got taken off, like that real, like even, every point's hard to come by, backs against the walls, kind of scramble defence, then an Eels-Titans point scoring a thon. That's not entertaining to me. It's not exciting to me. It's way more exciting when you've got the suspense of, oh, my God, when's the next points? When are the next points going to come by? Think of the... Parapanthers went um, final last year. Like, that was crazy. Like, no one could score because the, the teams were a defensive wall. Like, you couldn't get through. And that was entertainment. Not 15-0 games. They're not entertainment. They're not even that fun for the team that's scoring the 50 points. I mean, we know that from experience. Like, the novelty wears off when it happens all the time. So, I just... My mind's blown. My mind's blown. Yeah, like... I. <laughs> I, I agree with you in that I don't think these people actually exist because no one can possibly think that that is yeah. the right thing to do. Like you look at, I think Trebojevich and Tedesco are the two best examples of what is happening. And it helps that he did quote them by name in that quote. Mm. You look at what has happened with these rules this year with Trebojevich. He really hasn't been able to shine because it's exposed to the, if you just kick to the corners to his wingers and smash them, he has to do mm. a lot of the crap work to get them out of danger because his wingers aren't yeah. up to it. And the forward pack that they have sucks. And like, they, like the front rollers will take one run each a half. And yeah. it, show, it, it hasn't shown that Trebojevic is a bad player. It's just shown mm-hmm. that what everyone knew about his team not being quite as good as what they you know played last year like they shouldn't have been a top four team and then with the roosters it i think last year you didn't need much patience when it came to playing rugby league because it was like an under 20s game there was a try almost every other set and this year the roosters have shown so much impatience with the ball and they've made errors and like like that south sydney game was the perfect yep. example of it where they were rushing to get things through and they hadn't adapted to yep. the game. But then you see teams like the Sharks and the Cowboys have both improved so much this year. Like where yep. I, I had the Cowboys getting the spoon and I think you said you had the Knights getting the spoon and look how much those two teams have been proving us wrong with the way that they've played this year. And yeah. I think like these rules... This year, the game is just so much nicer to watch. Like the final series last year was great, aside from the Manly Mm. games. And I don't think we should have to wait until the time of the year when it's literally only the elite clubs left in order Mm -hmm. to sit down and watch a game and not know who's going to win. Yeah. Because like it was so easy to like tip games this year and uh, last year. And this year, when you're doing it, like everyone complains a little bit about like, oh, you know, it's so much harder to tip this year. But we're not actually complaining. We're just commenting on how much more even the competition is. And, you know, our good friend Ben Quagliata wrote an amazing article that he posted yesterday about like using numbers to back up just how much better and more even the competition is this year. And We'll, we'll post it, we'll tweet it out on the Big Cat Chat account for anyone who hasn't read it because it perfectly highlights how much better rugby league has been this year. And, like, if he changes the rules, like, I'm not worried about it from a Penrith perspective because, like, 
you know, we'll probably still win the comp. Like we won the comp under these rules last year and we're amazing. But I don't really want to watch the other seven games of the week then. No. Like, like this year. going to happen. Yeah, this year, the only games that I've missed have been when I've been travelling to go watch a game live and I haven't been able yeah. to watch like two games in a row. Where last yeah. year, I was just choosing not to watch rugby league. And I don't get how that's a good thing. Like surely it'll speak when the viewer numbers drop off and the crowd numbers drop off and they'll see that they've made a mistake because the broadcasters aren't going to put up with that. Like you look at like yeah. that. You look at that try that Trebojevic scored against the Cowboys last year where, like, there was, like, 10 missed tackles on him amongst it and he was just drifting across the field. Like, absolutely nothing against Trebojevic because what else is he going to do there? He's going to keep running and score that try. But that was one of the most pathetic tries I've ever seen. And they use it for the highlight reels. It was just some of the worst defence. Like, it was worse than watching the old National Under-20 competition. Yeah, literally. And so I, I don't get why they've decided that this needs to happen. Like this current administration under Peter Volandis and Andrew Abdo has had a lot of pluses in the compared to the old administration where they sort of they get things done, right? Yeah. But I think it's also had so many negatives that these people at the top seem to just be fueled by their own like egos and listening to each other and all just agreeing that they're all geniuses and doing whatever they want without properly consulting anyone. And they've clearly got a list of media personalities who are sympathetic to them and they publish things through them. And it's like the same old, you know, buffets from Fox and nine and the telegraph and that these dinosaurs that, don't reflect how rugby league fans feel and they basically Mm -hmm. just talk based on their own agendas and like we're gonna see some people talking about how great it is and we're gonna have Vossi yelling during the games about how like amazing this rugby league is because you know James Tedesco blinked out on the field and there was a try the next play yeah yeah but it's not what we want I don't get it no it's not. And if that means that players have to step up their own game, so be it, because other players are. Yeah. Pappenhausen yeah, like, isn't suffering. Yeah, like we've seen how much New, like Newcastle have stepped up and they haven't even relied yeah. on Ponga. It's just been everyone yeah. else in the team has improved so much mm-hmm. and they made a smart buy in getting Adam Clune and Dane Gagai. Yeah. And it's like, like they're just running, they're just a well-run club at the moment. And I don't see why clubs that are poorly run where they're spending, you know, half their salary cap on three players, I don't see why the rules should be changed to bring them back into the game. No, I completely agree. Yeah. Uh, so there's our, there's our little rant on it. There's our rant <laughs> the week. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think we needed that. <laughs> Into your way with the premiership. Okay, on to this week's game, the Penrith Panthers on Sunday, the, God, what will the date be? The 10th of April, we'll be playing away against the Bulldogs at Combank Stadium in Parramatta. Nat, what are you looking forward to in this game? I'm hoping we see, I mean, after we've all just ranted about no blowouts, I kind of hope we see one. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, a hard-earned one, though. Um, I'm looking forward to it because... The poor old Bulldogs, you know, um, they've been improving this year. They have. They showed signs at the beginning of the year, but there's a lot, a lot to, uh, a long way to go from them, especially in attack. It's just, it's just not happening. So I hope we take advantage of that um, and kind of give them a bit of an attacking masterclass. Um, so again, I think the backs will be shining. They'll be shining this week. Um, I'm otherwise looking forward to seeing, you know, Burton and Brent and TPJ play. They're all former Panthers, so I'm interested to see how that dynamic goes as well. Um, but, yeah, look, there's not too much to say about this one. I don't, I don't know if it's going to be the world's most even matchup. Um, I think we're looking at a 13-pass win. Yeah, I think 
looking at, say, the Newcastle game, we managed to score 38 points in that. Mm. Uh, and I know they only had 12 players for um, 46 minutes of that game. But mm. I think we could look at scoring at least that on this team. Like, I have a soft spot for the Bulldogs just because, like, I like a bunch of their players because there's a bunch of former Panthers in there. And I like Gus. And I think I get along with quite a few of their fans. And so yeah, I hope eventually, yeah, I hope eventually it does click for them. But I really hope it's not this week. Um, then I think even if it does click for them, I don't see them being a danger of actually beating us. But I think they would just make it a bit of a, a tighter affair. And yeah, like I think I think we're locked in for a, a 13 plus, and that's what I'm hoping for. Um, I think we're gonna find a lot of love attacking out on that that right edge. Yeah, for uh, sure. Where the storm did on the weekend. And I think it's another opportunity for Dylan Edwards to really shine out there and maybe get some confidence into Nathan Cleary. And I'm going to say it now, two tries each to Stephen Crichton and Charlie Staines. Mm, Charlie um, Staines. Yeah, I'm not going to put any money on it because uh, I'm too scared to bet on things. Uh, but, uh, you know, everyone else, go and put your houses on it. Um, but if it loses, don't blame me. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if this is the L. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like if we lose, then... There's some serious oh questions that have got to be asked. Yeah, there are. <laughs> yeah, like I've, I had a feeling that we might drop one game before the Parramatta game. Like I just feel like, like statistically, the way that the comp is this year, I feel like it'll be pretty, pretty tough for us to go nine rounds without a loss. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that's coming this week. I don't think so either. That. And like, Very surprised. I, I was a bit disappointed last year when we versed them at home because there was all that talk about like, is this going to be like Penrith's biggest ever win and the Bulldogs' biggest ever loss? And we kind of yeah. won by like 20 points or whatever. And it wasn't that big. Yeah, which wasn't what you kind of expected. Yeah. Yeah. But we got the job done. And so, like, like you said, we're sick of the blowouts, but you kind of want one this week. Like, I'd be happy with a 20 point win this time. But yeah. I'd also be pretty happy with like yeah, like a seventy point, which I know that's not going to happen. <laughs> but but that'd be that'd be funny, I think. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't you know whether be, you might be raining too. I think. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. I don't know, but I think it might be. I hope not, because I'm going. Is it going to be? Is it hard? Do you get rained on at Bankrest, or is it cover? No, no, you're sweet. Yes, we didn't in the rain there. Um, I was at the game there yeah. last year where the field was like flooded. Remember those okay. videos of them trying to mark the yeah. lines? Yeah. Yeah. And what we won that game, what, like 38 nil. So hopefully that's a good sign. Yeah, that's a very, that's a very good point. Yeah, but yeah, also like it's the it's the 6 p.m. game, isn't it? Yeah, yep, six fifteen. So yep. that that doesn't really that that's usually like the worst game of the round. Um, yeah, but it is. It's the Bulldogs' time slot. Time slot at the moment. <laughs> oh, it is, isn't it? They have yeah. reserved that for them pretty much, except last week when they mm. gave them four o'clock because they wanted to get Melbourne on Channel Nine. It's um, so weird that it's been five, like their first five um, rounds they've been on Sunday. That's just a weird scheduling thing. Yeah, and it's like it's weird that this is going to be our first Sunday game because we usually get a lot of Sunday games early in the season. Yeah, yeah. But I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad. Yeah. I'm kind of glad oh, that we've so had glad. nighttime games because sometimes those Sunday afternoons at Penrith in like March and early April, they it's can super hot. Oh yeah, like I've gotten sunburned from those games so yeah, many literally. times, like just like the yeah. sleeve ones, like yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm glad about that, but yeah, that that'll yeah. be interesting to see whether this lives up to the billing or not as the worst game you've ever seen, like the Sunday games usually are. Yeah. Um, although the last Sunday's game was pretty decent, the Eels-Dragons, just because... Yeah, well, oh, it was it, pretty, it kind of got a bit... Yeah, it wasn't like hand, finals quality. It was fantastic. Yeah. yeah it, was, it wasn't finals quality, but it was like mm. something weird was going to happen on every play. And yeah, I think, and Eels really did put it on. They were awesome. 
yeah, like this this time slot is kind of like a full moon where like yeah. weird stuff happens. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and so, you know, who knows? We might see like a Matt Eisenhuth trial or something like that. Yeah. That's another one to put your money on, everybody. Um, you can probably nice buy man. a house if you put money on him. Of course. <laughs> I know what Spencer would be at, but Spencer would be a good Ooh, good call. actually, yeah, I'd like to see, like, especially a bit of, like, a matchup between Spencer and Tevita Pango. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Think, they're both angry men, angry young yeah, men. Yeah, they're very <laughs> aggressive players who um sometimes overstep the mark a little bit. Uh, did you see that Spencer didn't did. shake Jairo's hand after the game? Yeah, and he did say that he regretted doing that afterwards. Yeah. Um, it's quite sweet, isn't it, that he didn't want to do that because of what he said about Nathan. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, um, it's quite cute. <laughs> but, um, you know, not the best sportsmanship. I'm glad he came out and owned that he wasn't the best sportsmanship. But also Jai Arrow just talks a lot. And if that's yeah. happened to anybody, it's probably good that it's him. Yeah, Jai Arrow's found a way of making himself like the villain out of that team to us. He just needs to just be quiet. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. And like, you know, I know that we have our own players who have a few issues with this, but like, you know, behave yourself on Origin Camp, mate. I was going to say, exactly. Like, if that just goes away. But again, yeah. we, we are definitely not in a, we're in a glass house right now. So we yeah. 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 That. We are throwing some seriously dangerous stones given that we're in a glass <laughs> we are. House. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely are. Yeah. <laughs> Is he away with the premiership? All right. So, yeah, sorry to everyone listening that um, we haven't actually talked about the team list at all. Um, we're recording this a little early today. But, yeah. you know, by the time it's out, you know, you'll be able to read the team list yourself. It's all right. That's probably, um, I'd imagine there's not really too much different. No, I've got a feeling we'll go with we'll... the same team. Yeah. So there's not too much to talk about anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll be sweet with that, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, if there's any if there's any wild changes to the team list, just check out our Twitter pages and we'll probably be... We'll talk about it there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if you do want to follow us on social media, we are on Instagram at Big Cat Chat and then on Twitter at Big Cat Chat Pod. Uh, thank you very much, everyone, for listening and for getting in our mentions and our comments and stuff. It's always nice to hear what you've got to say. Please keep it up. Um, I'd like to hear what everyone's thoughts are on the team list this week. And yeah, thank you very much for listening. Thanks guys. Sports best friends would like to thank you for listening right to the end. You are our kind of people find other great sports podcasts in our family by subscribing. And remember social media isn't a bad place. You just need to follow the right people.